And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my toxic sidekick, Ben Needenthal. You know, ordinarily I'd argue with you on that one, but But. I'm not going to, (laughs) because I'm lazy. And I know stories about you. You do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get into that on this show, but uh, yeah. One day. uh, How's things? Things are good. How how about you? Oh, you know. Living the dream. Uh-huh. As soon as I figure out who's, I'll, I'll be happy. But good. You know, that's, oh, uh, good. Yeah. Hey, there, uh, who's who's that? We have a geologist with us today. What the today. hell do we have a geologist in here? Oh, this is you, legal stuff. You think, but you know, geologists are helpful, and we need them in many aspects in our life. So we have Jeff Pates with Phoenix Environmental here today. Hi, Jeff. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank so, you. So we're talking about what rock law. What? Uh, no, no. Uh, kind of. Um, Depends on like, are you talking like rock or like rock law? Like, <laughs> no one gets that joke they because they can't see what I'm doing. Because they can't see that you're yeah, holding up your hands strictly to audio, rock out. Audio um, You don't have that button that you can push that gives you the yeah. sound effect? <laughs> I will dub it uh, in oh, in post. All right. He's adding sound effects. I like effects. him. Yeah, perfect. No, so Jeff does a lot with real estate um, and a number of other things, really. So, Jeff, what does a geologist do that affects everyday people? Well, I'm an environmental geologist, and what we do, um, I do a lot of consulting. So I help individuals, uh, companies, um, primarily in the real estate realm, where they need to uh, look at their investment that they're going to take uh, something they might either buy or sell uh, or develop and determine whether or not they have any uh, environmental issues that could really catch them uh, on the front or on the back. Uh, the costs for environmental are, uh, can be very, very high. Uh, yes. And, and the, uh, without looking, you know, it's buyer beware. Okay. So basically, what, essentially, it's if someone is going to buy, let's say, a commercial property or something like that, and if they're actually going to physically like, actually buy it so that they own it, it's their name on the deed and everything, Yep. Um, th- you help them inspect it to make sure that there's, what, like no no hazardous chemicals on site? Right, or right. Well, imagine asbestos or something like that. There's a whole bunch of different things that environmental consultants do. What we specialize in is the the environmental assessments that occur typically in the beginning, but we also go all the way through. So you look to buy a piece of property either for your own peace of mind or for the bank, you need to do what's called a phase one environmental site assessment, which is kind of the first look-see. And you determine, do we have any issues here? If there are, then maybe we go do some additional work. Maybe we go do some, put some holes in the ground. We do try and try and determine what else might be there. Okay. Or we do additional research, deeper research that goes beyond the scope of what we've done. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing that we kind of get involved with is those phase one assessments. Along with those, there's a whole bunch of other things that we can do and help with that might be issues. If you're going to redevelop the property and you have a, uh, you know, a, a tenant space that you're going to rip out, well, you could have asbestos that you might have to deal with. You yeah. might have, uh, you know, you could end up having a lead issue with the construction uh, that's going to occur. You could have radon. You could have all these different little things. 
you know, a, a property like this prior to purchasing it. Uh, we were talking about this building. Which is a commercial, just so everyone's right. clear, it's a commercial uh, office park building. Right. You know, you see these all across America. It's They're basically pretty... your standard office up front warehouse is essentially what we have here. So, And any kind of business could have gone through here in the history. Um, it's determining what had happened in the past that could really affect your future. Once you purchase that property, uh, you can end up having uh, some real serious issues. Environmental beyond any other kind of uh, risk to real estate investment is is the biggest one. Okay, so hmm. let, let's think this through um, kind of from the legal aspect. So first, whoever owns the property is then responsible for environmental issues. Correct. Okay, so you're investing in real estate because that's a great investment. And it is. That's what you're going to do. And you've decided to go with commercial real estate because you don't want to deal with landlord-tenant law with consumers. And there's this great building on the corner of a major intersection. Right. What red flags does that send up for you? Well, corner lots, uh, high-volume areas. Uh, everybody wants them uh, because of that. Uh, you go back through and look at the history, and that's what we would do. We would look at the history and say, okay, what what can we find out about this property? Corner lots, especially in a downtown area, often were gas stations. You might not even have any idea that it used to be a gas station. It could be a uh, any kind of restaurant or you know a bank. It's it's been developed. I've seen banks before where they did a a, a phase one. Uh, for a property they've owned since 1967, and then they discover that it used to be a, a gas station, and there were seven underground storage tanks, and their cost for cleanup on that was was well over a hundred thousand. Oh their delay God. in their construction was uh, extremely uh, uh, affected them uh, hugely more than more than that. It's just that time frame really killed them. So, uh, and if they had come to you ahead of time and had the place inspected ahead of time, they would have known that that was there. And right, yeah, we we look at the history. Uh, it's, I call it the Scooby Doo research. So we go back in time. <laughs> we look at uh, aerial photographs. We look at uh, uh, fire insurance maps and 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 other records. All this publicly available data is out there. We know how to look for it, and we find out what's there, and we're able to give them a concise report that says, "Look, these are your risks." And, and here's what we would recommend. You maybe have nothing you need to do. Most of the time, there's nothing. But then again, it depends on what you're, what arena you're in. If you're doing something where you're going to do a strip mall, um, mm. well, those strip malls used to always have dry cleaners. And sometimes yeah. they'd be in a tenant space for just like five years. Dry cleaners are far worse than gas stations. Really? You can have a million-dollar oh, yeah. cleanup on a dry cleaner because the chemical they use, perchloroethylene, uh, is extremely toxic. It gets into groundwater. It gets into uh, soil. There's a uh, and it, it could spreads be, everywhere. Yeah, there can be a haz hazardous wow. waste, and it actually can get into the building uh, in uh, the form of uh, vapor, and people can breathe it in, and it can be a risk to people, especially pregnant women. Um, and it, wow, and, yeah, it's 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 a it's a huge issue um, that uh, you just really have to be mindful about what you're investing your money in, and and look first. It's it's a I always say it's a three or 30 rule. We either spend, you know, some money up front and we look or it's going to be 30 times worth on the back end um, because you didn't look. Yeah. Huh. So and I would imagine most of the time when you do go into a place and find something that you're talking about, a building that's been around 
since probably you know after industrial revolution and in between not necessarily necessarily, because um a lot like for instance um a lot of the suburbs in columbus or central ohio right now are landlocked so there's Mm. a lot of redevelopment so you may actually be looking at a building that's only 25 years old or Hmm. five years old and they may have missed that 50 years ago there was a gas station there that left tanks in the southwest corner. And no one did a check at that time. And no one did a check. Right. So you could be inheriting problems that are decades and decades old and costing you a lot of money. And this is real estate's a big investment. It can be a very lucrative investment, but if you invest poorly and don't do your due diligence right it can put you out of business and you can't get rid of it then because it, it's a problem yeah and you have right. to disclose yeah and the next thing you know there's nothing you can do when you're trapped and Oof. everybody's Boy, that's scary right it's so, a scary thing now and, and i've and i've done a lot of them where you you go out on a property and you think okay there's nothing here uh, it's it's vacant farmland. Mm-hmm. You know, why yeah. would anybody invest you know some money in, in investigating that? Well, right. go back in time. It might have been back in the 1940s in orchard, and they used chemicals back then that contained mm. lead and arsenic. They're persistent. They don't go away. Yeah, and they're going to remain in soil. And there have been cases in Ohio where there was a, a large developer where they did a development, and they had actually it was uh, I think it was lead shot. Mm-hmm. in the soil and they you know tried to do some things to fix it up but they Led didn't really get from it like a, a yep. shotgun yeah huh. and they tried to clean it up but they really didn't get it all out and it came back on them and it cost a lot of money oh man so. okay. now once somebody has a problem or they suspect a problem um how can you help well again we do uh environmental assessments and so we look at uh, prior to purchase, prior to sale sometimes, uh, or mergers, acquisitions, whatever, you know, looking at these properties, determining what issues might be there, um, you know, we can consult and say, okay, look, you know, what are your, what are your plans? What are your, what are your long-term objectives here? If you're going to buy it and you're going to renovate it, then you might be dealing with, you know, doing a, a phase one. Uh, you might need to have an asbestos inspection. Those are the two most common that you kind of see. Another one, um, if you're going to do a, a big purchase of a, of a building and you want to know what its lifespan is going to be for all the components, there's what's called a property condition assessment, which hmm. is kind of like a, a home inspection where you go in and you look at all the components and determine, okay, so how is the HVAC going to be in 20 years? What's the roof look like? Yeah. All these long-term projections, projections and, you, and you take a look at all that and determine what the risk level is for that property. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so what about do you assist with grants or um, remedies when somebody has made the mistake and not? So no. somebody buys a property and then they find out for six months back in 1985 there was a dry cleaners that caused some problems. Right, right. And they find this out because – however it comes up. How, how would that come up? Well, you would discover it through the research uh, that there if was an issue. accidentally oh, if you, didn't, okay. if you chose not to, right? and you forego your due diligence. Well, what could happen is, is say you're doing a redevelopment, if that's the scenario, and you go digging in the parking lot and you mm-hmm. discover, okay, we've got uh, some contamination here, uh, or we discover a tank 
some structure that says, okay, we've got a big problem, a hydraulic cylinder from like a, a repair facility. Those can hmm. contain ah, PCBs, one. which are uh, a real persistent problem. Um, so you, you look at those things. Uh, as far as grants, yeah, we do. Um, I've helped with uh, going after what was called Clean Ohio. That's no longer around. Uh, but there's other funds that are available through the uh, Department of Development. Um, and City of Columbus actually has an excellent grant program um, called Green Columbus, which uh, would be happy to talk about. It's, it's a, a program where you can look at a property. You can do the initial assessments. You can basically get some money to do that. And if you've got tanks in the ground, you know, you can say, okay, we're going to remove them. And the nice thing about that grant is, I haven't heard about it happening too often, but it can. You can go all the way through the process and say, look, okay, we've got a we did the phase one, we did a phase two, we did some drilling, we found a tank, okay, we cleaned it up, and we're still really worried about this property. You can walk away. It's a mm. reimbursement program, but you can actually get those funds. The city keeps the reports, and they give them to the next person that comes along. Um, great program, but now it's really highly sought after now that uh, Clean Ohio is not around. But there's mm. other funds out there for you know, abandoned service stations. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at a property that's an abandoned service station on the corner lot, you're tired of looking at it, it's been there forever, well, there's a grant program around now that uh, offers money to go in and do uh, the assessments and clean up. And uh, there's a big pool of money. Yeah. There's about $17 million left. Yeah. So. Huh. Wow. So, basically, if you see an abandoned gas station, call Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Or I it sounds like about if, it. if you're in the market for commercial property or residential property, too, I imagine. I don't really touch residential. Okay. I'll, I'll, work, through, commercial. I'll work through, an arch- uh, work through uh, uh, different uh, people. Yeah. You know, do, I do a lot of asbestos work, and a lot of those are on, on single-family houses. Sure. That's through a, a city program I'm working okay. with. So, yeah. Okay. Right. But in general, you don't need to get a phase one on residential property. Okay. No, um, really. The developers who I imagine they would develop be the big residential neighborhoods, they generally get a phase one done on the property as part of the development. Okay. Um, if you were buying... You're going to build your dream home and you buy a lot Mm -hmm. and you're going to build off of it. And sometimes a lender will require it. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're building off of certain streets or um, big intersections because they know that there's a history there and they don't want to yeah. loan on something that could sure. cause a problem. So every once in a while it comes up in residential, but it's primarily for commercial. Yeah. Um, the other time that I know we've used Jeff is when you're redeveloping something and there's testing or reconstructing something, even a residential, um, because of a fire or hmm. Other t- damage that then you have to test for asbestos or other contaminants okay. because in order to demolish or to rebuild yep, yep. or to do anything, yeah, you have to have the EPA approval hmm. and it is a pain <laughs> and hmm. you need Jeff. <laughs> wow. Very huh. much. <laughs> and they will wow. test everything. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, wow. there's a story here, <laughs> and it was the house that would not burn down. It would have been better had the fire department just let it burn to the ground, but they didn't. Wow. So, <laughs> but you guys did something really creative with it, which is you were able to, you know, uh, collect on the insurance. The insurance paid for portions Part of, of the uh, uh, asbestos inspection and abatement, 
And then they, I believe you were able to take a tax right off on the training that the, because the, the Absolutely. fire department came out and burned it. And they were able to take that. Right. How much was that? It was a $60,000 um, deduction because it was a donation to the fire department's huh. training. So this, when we talk That's about. That's a big deduction. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, when we talk about being creative and living generously, sometimes even tragedy has an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So in that case, um, this was a rental house. Right. And the tenant left some oil. She was making French fries. She stepped outside. Someone stopped by, left it on. Kitchen fire. Hmm. The uh, fire department was very quick and yeah. got there. Um so the structure didn't burn down. But in order for them to use it as a test fire, we had to abate all asbestos. Oh, man. Or had we wanted to rebuild, we would have to abate the asbestos. Or if we just wanted to tear it down, we had to abate the asbestos. And there was asbestos in everything. Oh, my God. Everywhere. In places that don't normally have asbestos, so <laughs> behind, this, behind the wood studs was most surprising. Right, the yeah. the behind guy who the built the guy who built this must have glue had some glue that had asbestos in it. Yep, the and mastic, he used yeah, the... it on everything. Yep, wow. In between the decking of the floor, in between uh, the studs, behind the studs, behind wow. drywall, in the joints. Everywhere. Obviously, this is before they realized that asbestos is not good. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. actually still in use today in some... Really? Yeah, in certain... Yeah, areas. certain yeah. circumstances, it's still used. It's not totally I know, banned. Like, some clothing and stuff like that or, or flame retardant, like... Yeah, well, more in the building, you know. Mm-hmm. Really? You can still find it in building materials. And, and you know, you huh. always run into the issue where... Bring a contractor in, and he's got some mastic that he uses, the glue that he's yeah. going to put down your floor tile with or whatever, and he does yeah. that, and he's had it in his shop since 1970. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a requirement. And oh actually, the, uh, the risk level for, uh, uh, for you as a, you know, a commercial owner or whoever, you know, redeveloper, whatever you're doing in not getting it done is really high. I mean, they put people in jail. They yeah. fine you. Wow. They don't mess around. It is big fines, yeah. too. We're not talking a little hundred, five hundred thousand dollar fine. We're yeah. talking tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Fines. And they even watch for the dumpster activity. They see oh, dumpster yeah. activities. They'll show up and ask, where's your asbestos inspection? And do you have, oh, wow. you know, do you have some evidence here? And so, I mean, huh. there's ways to get, you know, there's ways to, to, to solve problems like that. I mean, they just want to see that you're being, um, you're, you're doing the right thing. Right. Um, and, you know, we've had plenty of times when we've been called in, hey, you know, we're doing renovation. We need to find this out real quick. So right. We, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're speedy. Wow. We can get yeah. in there and get it done. Huh. Right. So some of the some testing agencies can take weeks or months. Jeff, what's your normal turnaround time for asbestos testing or a phase one? Oh, um, on, a, on a phase one, it depends on the property. But I would say average is um, – Two to three weeks, we try and stick closer to two. Usually you have 45 days right. of, of, of time for your due diligence, so you really need to know. Um, right. What I really stress is is finding the answers first. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing these kinds of assessments because it's 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 research. It's uh, it, I'm a geek. I, I find it really exciting. Um, and, you know, we're pretty quick at being able to, to, to determine 
whether or not there's an issue. You can tell usually pretty quick. Sometimes it's the last leaf turned. Um, you know, I just recently did one where we looked at it, the property. We thought it was going to be no issues, and there really weren't. Uh, but we discovered there was an airport uh, or an airstrip hmm. um, back in time. And, um, you know, looked at everything, and we, we determined from research where we believed the fueling occurred. So those are the biggest risks that we have. Yeah. We had a lot of strong data that said, okay, it occurred off property. It wasn't there. Sure. So it ended up not being an issue, you know. Huh. So, yeah. So um, as far as the phase or asbestos survey, excuse me, um, pretty quick. Uh, you can, we can usually bang one of those out in about a week. Hmm. Get out there in a, you know, a couple of days. We did, third, you know, we did 60 over the last three months. Through one city contract. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So lots of testing, but it's not just me. I mean, I, I work right. with a lot of different folks, professional associates, where we, we get in and we can we can uh, we can help on portfolio projects um, and big and small. So hmm. We do a lot of remediation work too. We've done a, yeah. a lot of cleanup work this year. What is the worst you've seen? Um, Are you allowed to talk about that? I don't know yeah, any, yeah. Like, I mean, I had a client that had a uh, a site they were looking at. We looked at it. This was years ago. Uh, I looked at it and I said, look, you know, this used to be a junkyard. Don't huh. don't Ooh. buy it. Oh, man. They were looking at it for tax credits. They wanted it. It was part of a portfolio that they wanted to buy. And uh, we said, don't buy it. They ended up not talking with real estate. Their departments weren't talking. They bought it. Now they own it. We went out and dug out um, transformers, which luckily weren't PCB containing. Then we found a tank. And then underneath the tank, we found what's called coal tar. Uh, very Eesh. toxic stuff, and Eesh. we had to dig out 500 tons of that. What do you do with that stuff? 500 tons? 500, that's small. Yeah, that's, that's not that's small. That sounds not. like an insane no. amount to me. No. That's, oh no, my it's God. It's tiny. Yeah. Wow. Now, that was on a single property that was a quarter acre. So, I mean, huh. yeah, it's a lot. I mean, then, you know, a lot of happened, ha- happened on that property. Oh my God. Um, it goes, you know, you know, a lot of times it goes to a special landfill. Uh, yeah. There's a couple landfills in, o- in Ohio that will take that stuff. Depends on what it is. I mean, if you know, right. it's hazardous waste, then it's got to go somewhere really special. And sometimes yeah. it has to be incinerated. And yeah. it costs $4,000 a ton. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it can, go, it can go nuts really quick with environmental. So looking at the beginning, find out. I mean, uh, nothing bothers me more than to find out that somebody's gotten uh, a property that uh, is really going to cost them in the end. Yeah. Uh, I really like to help people avoid those problems. Sure. Look before you leave. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's that's always a great lesson to yeah. to take, especially I mean if you're buying commercial property, I mean it I mean you, you kind of want to cross your T's, dot your I's as much right. as you possibly can, especially in this right. regard because it sounds like you know, one thing goes haywire, I mean it could end up costing you a huge sum of money that I would imagine a lot of people are not prepared to no. drop, right. you know, especially if you're buying commercial property. I mean, I mean, just to, just to throw out a number, say a gas station, um, hundred thousand, easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if it's a tank that's clean, uh, you're probably looking at thirty, easy. You know, to get in and get it removed and everything else, you can go up into the million uh, with Oof. a gas station, corner lot gas station, dry cleaners, million, oh, yeah. more, oh, easy. You know, yeah. So, as with everything. There's always going to be either the pain of sacrifice or the pain of regret. Pain of sacrifice is taking your time, doing your due diligence, and paying for that phase one and potentially phase two before buying real estate. 
Yeah. If not, you are risking the pain of regret, which will cost way, 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 more. way more. It's a three and to thirty ratio is kind of what you're. you're kind that's of, kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's not like an exaggeration. Anything. <laughs> no. What it sounds no. Like. That sounds and, like. And that's just the remediation. That's not even if you get into trouble. Right. And you get penalties right. and other that. That's yeah. just your actual remediation costs. Oh my if God. you try to ignore it, and every once in a while. I have a client who likes to ignore things, <laughs> and that gets them into all sorts of trouble. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, we try and keep things out of becoming an agency issue. Uh, you know, right. we try and always try and work within the framework of that. You know, you never really want to upset the uh, the powers upstairs. Uh, right. You, you try and work with them as fair as you can, but you also have sometimes, you know, you've got to push back a little bit and yeah. say, look, you know, let's be reasonable. Let's figure out the happy medium here between what, you know, the agency – demands and what is what's realistic and yeah. by agency just to make sure everyone's clear you mean either the ohio epa or you know the health department uh right. you know the villains in ghostbusters is basically who you're talking no, about no they have a good purpose <laughs> they do they do they're you know um there has I to be joke. a balance no i mean yeah, i know that protecting the environment is an important component right. and and it's yeah it's an important thing um i always thought that was hilarious in ghostbusters that they are the bad guys in the movie you know, they're the ones who shut down the grid and right. the ghosts get out. And I'm, she does no idea what I'm talking about. Right I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you I probably saw, saw Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, you were what, four? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have all of the Ghostbuster toys. I just didn't pay that close attention to the movie to remember that the EPA shuts them down. Walter Peck from the EPA? Come on. Nope. Okay. So, yeah, yep. Yeah, I, <laughs> yep. I fail at movie <laughs> trivia, apparently. So, awesome. Well, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. That was very well, thank helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Ben's lawyer joke of the week. But, as always, we have a little housekeeping to take care of first. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, ask questions, etc., etc., if you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well and on social media as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney General out every week. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook if I accept your friend request and same thing with like Instagram, stuff like that. But uh, if you're looking for Jen on social media, you can find her basically on Facebook and that's Pretty much it. She doesn't tweet or anything like that. So no, sorry. Yeah, social media is a big term today. There's a lot of difference. yeah. I know. I know. It's like saying, I, "What do you do?" Uh, I go outside. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we should be a little more specific yeah. there. The fine print with Attorney General has a Facebook page. Yes, and please that's like us and come. Kind of our yeah prim primary landing page. It's where most of the action is. Exactly. Yeah. If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. Uh, if you like the show and are a regular follower, please go over to iTunes, rate and review us. It helps us with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. Um, and I just completely lost my train of thought because I just read a really dumb lawyer joke. Finally, yeah, Ben would like to thank you, all of our <laughs> yes. listeners. It's because of, of you, you that our little podcast even exists. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to thank Jen and uh, and Ben for having me on here. Oh, I yeah. really appreciate oh, that. We'd like Thanks, to thank Jeff, Jeff for great. coming. This is great. This is awesome. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and remember... 
sharing is caring. Oh, I'm done doing your job now. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you want to hear this week? You know what? You should do this week's lawyer joke of the week. How's that sound? No. Yeah. That's all your. Yeah. You insult me every week. Let's I do. go. I do my best. I did say, say you, you were toxic. Called, you called me toxic. I did. So yeah. So this is getting like a little nasty now. So we're. Um, okay. Uh, this week's lawyer joke of the week. <clears throat> um, uh. And I, I really hope I haven't said this one before. We've done a whole he bunch of them. I, I might have. He should have kept the list. Um, he didn't keep the list. What is the difference between a lawyer and a trampoline? Oh, he's already done this one. Have you I? take okay. your shoes off to jump on the trampoline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I ruined his joke. What does what does the what's the difference between a lawyer and God? No idea. <laughs> God doesn't think he's a lawyer. <laughs> there you go. Jeez. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody, I'm Ben Edenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, re- thanking Jeff Pates with Phoenix Environmental for being here. <laughs> Thank and you. And re- reminding you that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.